Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Raiders! Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever! You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride! Here we go! We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted little piano at the 50. Football, and I think Oakland victory. The Oakland Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Your old buddy Murph back once again for another what we hope to be fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. We are uh, back for another RFR conversation here on Raiders Fan Radio. So uh, we've had a good time uh, getting to know some folks and kind of doing these one-off interviews. And I thought nothing better than in Chiefs Week to have an RFR conversation with a Chiefs fan. But I would only agree to it under the terms in which I had Raiders fan backup. So uh, I'm, I'm going to welcome to the show first my Raiders brethren. You guys are familiar with them you've heard him numerous times now here on Raiders fan radio Kevin the Raider nerd welcome to Raiders fan radio Kevin <laughs> thank you for having me back again and and trust me, I would not go into this conversation without backing you up, buddy. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that because I'm kind of asking you to back me up against family because we uh, have are also welcoming your co-host, your friend, your co-founder of the Fandom Podcast Network and Chiefs fan, yeah. Kyle Wagner. Welcome, Kyle, the Raiders fan radio. What's up, man? Well, like a typical Raiders fan, you have to cheat and go two on one. That's the only way you can get a win. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that's look, especially the way we're playing. That's the way we, we need to. Well, we I, need mean, to. I mean, I, I, somehow I, I, I was watching Heidi and I ended up in a Raider podcast. <laughs> I want to know what, how that happened. Hey, when we do couch, when we do couch potato theater, I'm going to expect that Heidi is the movie of choice. Okay. <laughs> 
But, so it's great to be here. Um, you know, I, I, as a cheese fan, I just took pity on the Raiders for this. You know, um, I, I, and I feel bad for you about when Mahomes throws ten touchdowns this week. So, oh my gosh! All right, you gotta, trust Not me, happened. trust me, Kyle. You'll have plenty of opportunity to take the shots at us, and they will be many, I'm sure. But <laughs> before we get to it, though, let's uh, let's tell folks a little bit about you. you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, you all are both the co-founders of the Phantom Podcast Network. You have a litany of amazing shows on your network uh in relation to football you do a show called the end zone that uh you all have been so gracious to welcome me on for a a, a couple of times but you do a whole bunch of stuff over there you guys do so many shows i can't keep up so kyle tell us a little bit about what you all do over there at the phantom podcast network and then please tell us uh, and tell raider nation how if they should ever want to contact a chiefs fan how can they do that well, of course, over at the Fandom Podcast Network, um, Kevin and I started that. Believe it or not, we're getting ready to head into year four already of this thing. So um, Kevin and I came up with, we wanted to do podcasts by fans for fans. So we cover so many different things. It started off with just doing kind of a weekly pop culture show covering a little bit of everything. Then we came up with this idea of doing a look back, a flashback. We're going through the time warp, and that's what came to the time warp where we go back, we pick a year, we talk about the movies, some of the things going on with that. Of course, Kevin being the Highlander fan that he is, and with our fellow co-founder at that time, we did a little Highlander podcast called Blood of Kings, which has turned into something very special, and all the props to Kevin and, of course, our good friend Norman C. Lau for that. Um, we also cover uh, Doctor Who. We cover uh, Star Trek and the Orville. We cover... Um, B movies. We cover we we cover everything, but it, it's it's all about having fun, giving something to the fa- fans that's from the fans, and we we just have a blast with it. We have Kevin and I are big football fans. You know, we we got the Raiders Chiefs thing going. We decided to do the end zone as our football show because we we have fun, of course. And Kevin, our trademark mediocre fantasy football advice. <laughs> that's right. And we got to give a shout out to the Hair Metal Podcast. I've had you on twice now, Murph. So I appreciate that. Newest episode is going to be dropping later this week with you and your lovely wife, Anna. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. The you guys, all your shows are great. Uh, there's something for everybody, right? Regardless of what you're a fan of, you can find something to fanboy out uh, on your network. And, and yes, music is a, a big one in our house. And so, thank you for for welcoming us on that show, man. That was that was definitely a lot of fun doing Guns and Roses and Skid Row, man. Like like two of my all timers right there, man. That was great. I was, you know what is funny is that, uh, and I want to turn this into hair metal podcast part two, Kevin. But I feel like we left a lot of meat on the bone i feel like it was like one of those shows where we got done and i'm like oh man i forgot to talk about this or i forgot to bring that up or i forgot to ask kevin what he thought about this or i forgot to ask oh, Anna about, that. about those two when you talk about those two bands and you only have an hour or so you could go on and on and on but uh yeah. you know i think we did a really good job covering those two bands and it was great to have uh, your wife's uh, insight and uh, talking about her fandom with those bands right on man yeah that was definitely a lot of fun so check them out so where can we find so uh kyle tell us where we can find the fandom podcast network how can people get a hold of you and subscribe most importantly to all of your shows well um you can find the fandom podcast network first and foremost on our homepage at fpnet.podbean.com um of course you can also use the um Podbean app on your mobile devices, but we're also on iTunes, Stitcher. If you're an Android device user, you can find us on Google Play. And we just recently were added to Spotify as well. So we're we're all over the place. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us at, at FanPod Network on Facebook. You can find me personally at a Kyle W on Facebook. Um, as as far as Instagram, you can find me on a Kyle Fandom. Um, you know, we're always open to the fans and love to hear from you. Kevin, where can the people find you too? Since we got you here on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Spartan underscore Phoenix. All right. Good deal. All right, guys. So before we jump into, and we want to, we want to, yes, we're going to ask Kyle about his fandom. We're going to ask him about the origins of his fandom, but real quick before I want to let's, let's first, I want to ask you, Kevin, about the significance of this game. Is there a more, heated rival for our team and our team has a lot of rivals there's a lot of rivals for the red is the chiefs number one are they the most hated rival it it is for a particular reason and um i know i know you've talked about your hatred for the donkeys and i get that um but to me the chiefs are the biggest rival not because see i don't like the donkeys i don't respect them i don't like the chargers i don't respect them I don't like the Chiefs, but I respect the Chiefs. And there's a big difference there. So when it becomes into the – I don't – see, I 
obviously, I, you know, I hate the Chiefs because they're a big rivalry, but I respect them. I respect their heritage. I respect Andy Reid and what he's been able to do lately. But that, and to me, that's what really kind of amps up this rivalry because if there's any team that I really fear in the AFC West, it is the Chiefs. But like we've said, and I've talked to Kyle about this, and we've had you on recently, when you put these two teams together and you, you hear – when you hear the you throw out the records, you know, type of, of uh, you know, situation, you really do with these two teams. So, Kyle, then let me ask you. So, you know, obviously the Raiders have not been what we hoped they were going to be this year. And uh, two years ago, we had we were a, a playoff team and, uh, you know, the, the, the Chiefs have been playing well now for a little while. You're back to back division champions is what what are, what are your thoughts is knowing that the Chiefs are kind of like. If they're not number one, they're certainly you know second or third on our call sheet. How do you feel about the Raiders? Is that do you have that same sense of rivalry with the Raiders as a Chiefs fan? Yeah, you know it's I really do. Um, the the thing about it is I think even more so than the Chargers or Broncos, the history of these two teams. And I mean, when you look back, you're talking about even an ownership with Al Davis and the late Lamar Hunt as well, two of the all time greatest owners in NFL history. Um, I mean, and it just goes back. And I mean, you look back even when the age of the Super Bowl, when that first came out, it was Chiefs Raiders versus an AFC rivalry that really was right up there. It was one of those things that's, you know, Raiders, Pittsburgh, Raiders, Chiefs, um, you know, Chiefs going to the first two Super Bowls, winning, winning the second one, the Raiders following up shortly thereafter. Um, and I think, I think with those two teams too, you know, I've always made this joke with Kevin about the AFC West being the, incest division once you're in it you can't ever get out of it but it is especially true i mean when you look at chiefs and raiders players who have bounced back and forth between those two teams especially you look like with marcus allen when marcus allen went to kansas city or a long time the outstanding defensive cornerback albert lewis went to oakland i mean there's always been that rivalry and that you know and we i think we all agreed agreed we hate the donkeys but <laughs> <laughs> the enemy um, of my enemy uh, is my friend I think there's always been there's that really like you win it's something special when it's Chiefs Raiders week, but I do think at the end of the game there's there is a respect for the opponent across the way because it's always a hard fought battle. I, I can think of maybe a few times where on either side has been a big blowout. And some of the craziest things in the world happen in Chiefs Raiders game. Heck, look at last season. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you brought up a few points there because later on, I do want to ask you about some of the Raiders Chiefs connections. And I also want to ask you about the uh, uh, some of the most memorable games before we get to that. Now, we've had Kevin on a few times. We've talked to Kevin about his his fandom, kind of the origin of his Raiders fandom, where it came from, what drives him to uh, put on those amazing costumes and be the super fan of the Raiders that he is. Uh, but Kyle, uh, let's, let's talk to you uh, about the, the origin of your fandom as uh, you know, as much as a Raiders fan would want to hear. Okay. So remember, <laughs> remember your audience, but we do want to know about you and we respect you as a fan. And so tell us where, where does it start for you? How do you, how does one become a chiefs fan? Well, in, in this case, it comes from my dad. My dad grew up in Missouri. He actually helped build Arrowhead Stadium at the time when it was built. Um, and he then re relocated to Alaska. And growing up in Alaska, where you don't really have a home professional sports team. And I mean, you really don't even have a state professional sports team of any kind. It's not like, oh, well, I, I live in Ohio. I can root for Cincinnati or Cleveland, even though I don't necessarily live in that city. In, in this case, what would happen was be a lot of – Alaskans will either adopt the Seahawks or maybe the Denver Broncos as one of their teams. Like the California teams are very popular. And as I grew up, my dad kind of raised me on a Chiefs fan. But also when I was first introduced to football, it was when the 49ers were really in their prominence with Montana and Rice and everything like that. And we'd get a lot of 49ers games on TV. So I really became a fan of Joe Montana and how he played football. So, But I was a fan of the Chiefs. But at the time, I'll be honest, the Chiefs were not good and for a good portion of the 80s. It wasn't really until the end of the 80s when Schottenheimer came on and you got Christian Okoye and Derek Thomas and started that run. So I became, you know, my dad really introduced me to the Chiefs during then because I could actually see them on my TV. But I was also a big fan of the way Joe Montana played. And then when Joe Montana got traded to the Chiefs, that really just made it easy to, you know, fully jump on the bag wing. They're on TV all the time. But, you know, my dad would tell me the stories of the team growing up and his experience to talk a lot about Len Dawson and Hank Stram. 
and, and those kind of things. And it just kind of developed from there. And what actually kind of helped in that aspect too, was one of my best friends growing up, um, a good friend of mine named Chris Vaughn was a huge Raiders fan. So we kind of had that fun back and forth rivalry. And what's, what's so funny is throughout my life, I mean, my, a lot of my best friends, I keep coming across as Raider friends, Kevin, my partner in podcasting, my, I have a roommate and he's, he's a lifelong Raiders fan as well so you know it's, it seems like i can't get away from you guys it's, it's like <laughs> a nightmare or something like that but you know it, it's and plus it's such a great like you said it's such a great rivalry and you know the, the thing the thing with the chiefs is too is it's kind of it's kind of a you almost have a love-hate relationship with the chiefs because they've teased us so many times and you know we've had some great teams and we've been either killed by Lynn Elliott's or Schottenheimer football calls. And I, I can say right here, right now, this is a special chiefs team. I know. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if we can win the super bowl with the way our defense is playing, but for the first time, honestly, in my lifetime, I feel like we have a quarterback who's going to be our quarterback and be an all pro quarterback for the next 10, 12 years. And I think that's something as a Chiefs fan, we really, it's always been a Dave Craig, a Joe Montana at the end of his career, Steve Bono, Elvis Gerbach, somebody's kind of leftovers. And for the first time, we really, I feel, really feel like maybe since even Trent green, who was kind of a leftover from the Rams, but real yeah. brought him that we, but we have a homegrown quarterback that's going to grow with us as a team and somebody who we can build the team around at quarterback and be set for a long time. That's interesting. So, you know, you, you brought up Patrick Mahomes. So, Kevin, let me ask you this. Who's your favorite Muppet? <laughs> animal. <laughs> but Mahomes has animal style hair. Yeah, I'll agree to that. <laughs> so, uh, I'm joking. Patrick Mahomes has been made fun of quite a bit by, by Raider Nation and otherwise for his voice, and they compare him to Kermit the Frog. His and own so, teammates are the so, one who call him Kermit. There you so. go. Yeah, absolutely. So, for, so, no. but, uh, but, Kevin, let me ask you the, but when, um, so, and thank you, Kyle. Those are, those, that's awesome, man. And, you know, it's funny how fandom, regardless, it, a lot of times it comes back to family for us, right? Is that, and it could be fandom of anything. You guys know that with all the different fandoms you have. Like, I'm a big Star Wars fan because one of the first movies I remember was my dad taking me to Empire Strikes Back. Like, one of the first times I ever remember doing anything with my dad was going and seeing that movie uh, with him. So it's like, you know, whether it be a baseball game or a football game or a movie or whatever, we tie so many of our, our fandoms back to when we were kids and back to our early family experiences. So um, uh, so that, that's awesome to, to, to hear that from you, Kyle. Kevin, as far as the origin of of uh for you again we, we kind of know your origin story as a raider fan what about the origins of this rivalry well where do you kind of remember your first awareness for me it was nfl films because i wasn't old enough so it was like kind of seeing what it used to be like back in the days in well, the 70s and whatnot well, how about for you kyle hit it on the head there they weren't really good in the 80s you know and so it wasn't you know when i when i became a raider fan it you know there wasn't uh the rivalry that, you know, eventually became, I guess, uh, maybe more with the Broncos at the time. Uh, but, uh, it, it didn't really hit home for me when we started losing, uh, you know, when we lost Marcus Allen to the, to the chiefs and he came back and scored the touchdown record or whatever it was that hurt, you know? So that, that's when it really kind of started, the rivalry really started to hit home for me, you know? And then, then you saw Montana go over there as well. Um, but to me, the only reason I've, I've ever had any interest in, in the Chiefs was, uh, you know, um, when it came to fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, I got to ask you, what happened to Priest Holmes? Did they just run him into the ground until he was done? <laughs> uh, pretty close. He had, a, he had a hip injury that really kind of kind of think of it, uh, not quite the level of a Bo Jackson hip injury. Yeah, remember, but he was like the number one quarterback for like four years, the number one uh, running he would draft in fantasy, and he was a beast. Yeah. Hey, here's the kicker of that. The year Priest Holmes um, broke out in fantasy football and really I had got him like very late in the draft. So I had a team with, and I had the number one pick in that year. So I had a team with Marshall Falk and Priest Holmes at running back. Oh my gosh! Wow. I hope you won that league. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> so, so that you know, the Chiefs, you know, have had a 
a, a long history of, of some pretty good running backs. You know, Christian Okoye and Barry Ward. Uh, you mentioned Priest Holmes. Uh, of course, uh, Marcus Allen, as we mentioned. And Kevin, that was a really cool answer about how, because that, that, that was a huge deal having Marcus go over to the Chiefs. Talk about an FU to Al Davis, man, yeah. having him go over there or, or vice versa, whatever. But it was an FU to everybody. Um, but, you know, Kyle, it, let's assume that that's the most significant. A uh, significant exchange between these two teams. You mentioned them. You call them the incest division. We've had a lot of exchange of players go back and forth over the years. Assuming that that is your answer for that's the biggest one. Uh, what's after that? Is it is it Rich Gannon, Rodney Hudson? You mentioned Albert Lewis. Like like which what other significant player for me to give you my answer? Rodney Hudson, maybe it's just because it's recent, but he's our best player right now. Forget oh. best center. I mean, like, he's amazing. But what, what, do, you, what do you think? What's, what's the biggest name after uh, Marcus? Uh, Rod, Rodney Hudson's up there because uh, I hated to see him go because he's a, he was talented. Um, you know, I, I, I would have to say, honestly, I think it's Albert Lewis because Albert Lewis was a longtime chief and easily one, one of the most underrated quarterbacks of that era. He was just he was silky smooth as a quarterback, um, and play there. Rich Gannon stings because uh, Rich Gannon wasn't a Chief long enough, but he should have been. What and you ask any Chiefs fan to this day, and they will say it was one of the most irritating things that ever happened. And it was a Marty, Marty another Marty Schottenheimer thing. He he had to stick with Elvis Gerbach over Rich Gannon when Rich Gannon was by far the better player. I mean, it went it was so far he cost us in the playoffs because he chose to sit. Rich Gannon, who had played amazing for Kansas City that whole season because Elvis Gerbach was healthy, and then Gerbach stunk it up in the playoffs. And when I saw him leave to go to the Raiders, I was I was crushed because I was like, we're getting rid of the wrong quarterback. And I think any real Chiefs fan is going to tell you that was one of those ones that stung because here we had a quarterback who was playing well for us, and we're going with this yet another 49er retread quarterback. <laughs> Wait, we're doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, uh, wh- what do you think is the most memorable game for you as a, as a fan? You know, we had a pretty electrifying one this last, uh, you know, Thursday night football last year with Derek Carr, you know, pinning that touchdown pass to Crabtree in the front corner of the end zone. Uh, man, that, you know, looking good it's underneath gotta, the Thursday night the lights. Last, it's yeah. got to be the one last year. Uh, what was it on Thursday night? Yeah. I think yeah. it was. Yep. Uh, with, there's all those def- defensive penalties by the Chiefs. And the Raiders just kept th- trying to throw it in there. I, that had that has to be it right there. That's a, yeah. I, it is for me too. I think, but I feel like I'm almost like being brand new by thinking that because there's so many games in the history of this this rivalry. But I think it's something that both you both touched on is that they haven't really both been great at the same time in recent yeah. history. It's either right. been ones up and ones down, or vice versa. Kyle, what do you think? What's the most memorable Raiders Chiefs game to you? I think as far as both teams being of high quality, I would either go there or there was a game back in the nineties and it was ripe. It was the year before Bo Jackson got hurt. And this was when Christian Okoye was kind of at his, his prime. And that's when chiefs Raiders, that's when the chiefs were running with like Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and the Raiders at the time. Hostetler was your quarterback at the time. And there were some pretty good rivalry games in there. One game I will always remember though. And I think it's because it was kind of the game that put the chiefs kind of back into a regular playoff rotation was the year that you guys decided you needed to start Todd Marinovich in the playoffs. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go there. He had to go there. Got him. Yeah. You brought up the wrong number 12, Kyle, <laughs> the wrong left-handed number 12 too at that. But I, I think the, I think as far as crazy level games by far last season's Thursday night football game, at least in the last 15 years, was probably one of the craziest NFL games, period. But and to add in the fact that Chiefs Raiders and it was so back and forth and so crazy. Yeah, that that's just that's always going to be up there in that in that path. Young. And like you said, it's one of those things where it never seems like it's longer than just two or three years where the Raiders and Chiefs are good at the yeah. same time. The, the other one for me is, uh, and we talked about this on your all show, the end zone just a little bit ago, was the 41-38 overtime win for the Raiders in 1999 when the Raiders, uh, under you know new coach John Gruden, had a chance to go into Arrowhead and knock off the Kansas City Chiefs and take you out of the playoffs and take us out of the playoffs. And Daryl Russell famously said, we going home and they going home as he walked off the field. And that was a big deal. Like, I remember as a Raider fan feeling like, wow, like we're for real back. Like, we are, if we 
can go into KC in the last week of the season and win a game like that. Like, Kevin, do you remember that? Do you remember feeling that sense of like, this thing yeah. actually might be real this time? Yeah, you kind of felt something special with Gruden going on here, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That was definitely because that, that that's a big accomplishment accomplishment at that time to go into KC and and pull that off. Well, I want I want to bring up a point to you guys because I think actually that the Raiders and the Chiefs have a lot of at least I would say I'll go with the let's say the since the late eighties to now have a lot of the same kind of experiences in the playoffs with heartbreak. I mean, you look at what happened with the Raiders with fumble tuck rule the year before that when Tony Saragusa fell on top of Rich oh. Gannon and smashed him obviously I say fell on him <laughs> <laughs> obviously as my roommate who is a diehard Raiders fan calls it the the year they had the dumbest coach in the world and of course that was the year you guys actually went to the Super Bowl and he didn't change a thing facing John Gruden um oh Kansas City had the whole yeah, thanks for bringing that yeah, up, yeah we have forgotten all about it Kyle thanks I appreciate you bringing that up <laughs> well no I'm but I'm gonna be grateful for myself the whole year where we had the best record in home field advantage and Lynn Elliott missed like five field goals against the Jim Harbaugh Colts um how many heartbreaks over the years to the Pittsburgh Steelers where we had the game and Pittsburgh somehow pulls something out of their butt thanks to a penalty flag or something like that so I think we truthfully the Raiders and Chiefs over the last 20 years or so have had a lot of the same kind of heartbreaks in the playoffs that's ah, a great point. You know, and when you look at the all-time, uh, you know, meetings, the kind of the tail of the tape for these teams, you know, the Chiefs have a distinct advantage in terms of all-time in the series. Uh, 65 wins for the, for the Chiefs and 53 of those uh, for the Raiders. Uh, postseason results as far as teams playing each other. Uh, you all have won twice and we won once. Uh, but the most important thing is Super Bowls, right? And thankfully, Kevin, we still have had the advantage in Super Bowls. And even if the Chiefs win this year, uh, will still have the advantage in Super Bowls. And this is the thing that really was surprising when you really start diving into the wins. As down as the Raiders have been, and, and aside from the, the years with John Gruden, we've essentially haven't been good year in, year out since 1983, where you feel like the Chiefs have kind of been good now for a while, at least competitive on a regular basis, but they still don't have like any postseason results nor a whole bunch of like, you know, other than the, the, the two division championships I ma- mentioned back-to-back, in 16 and 17 there's really not like a lot to be said for it so like it's funny like as a Raider fan we get made fun of all the time oh you guys live in the past and uh, you know you hear from donkey fans you hear from charger fans you hear it even from Chiefs fans but really like all right we live in the past but what the heck have you guys been doing while we've been sucking this whole time like you know what I mean like it's it's funny when you actually look at it so Kyle let me ask you what's what's the feasibility of the Chiefs making noise finally in the postseason, or is this going to be another one and done? Now, I, I, got, I got a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but try to take your fandom hat off because, no. you know what I mean, just a little bit. You know what I mean? Because and, I, and that's almost an unfair thing to even ask you to do because I know you're a passionate fan, but what do you think? Like, what's realistically, what does this look like for you guys? What realistically is, is it could go any way, to be honest with you. Our offense is Super Bowl caliber, without a question. Even without Kareem Hunt now, now and after all that happened, because Spencer Ware and Damian Williams have are a good combo at running back that that can play. Our problem is the defense. Now we had a run about midseason where the defense was playing really well. We were getting a ton of sacks. D Ford, Justin Houston, Chris Jones, who is, in my opinion, is one of the better young up and coming defensive players in the league. But our problem has been all season. Our secondary is absolutely terrible. Um, Kendall Fuller, who I like and is probably our best cornerback, at best is a number two cornerback in the NFL. There is no number one. Our best defensive player, truthfully, in the secondary, Eric Berry, just now coming back, it's been rookies. It's been guys off the scrap heap. Orlando Skandrick, if I never see him again, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> um, but the truth is, is if we get home field advantage in the playoffs, which right now is the likely scenario, uh, you've got to like our chances with playing at home against Arrowhead, Mahomes at quarterback, even with how you guys are going. Because I I do question, and I'm going to ask you guys this, because you guys had such an emotional win this past Monday night. Does that kind of maybe drain some of your emotion going into this Sunday's game at at all? Um, But I mean, As a fan, or you think for the team? For the team, for the team. 
I don't think so because they haven't let up at all yet. Whether it's coming off a big win like Pittsburgh or it's coming off a devastating loss like the Niners, that's the one thing that I'll give Gruden is that this team is the effort has been repeated and replicated week in week out despite the results of the of the prior performance. What do you think, Kev? Well, okay, I want to. I don't think it's going to affect the Raiders too much going into this because of where they stand and what what they have or have not to play for. I think there's some pride on the line here, and beating the Chiefs is is would be a great way to end the season. But I want to touch on uh, what Kyle's saying about um, how he's feeling about the Chiefs' chances going into the the postseason here. And, and I got to say this: it seems like the Chief when, when you look at when you look up teams that have made it to the Super Bowl. They're usually good on both sides of the ball, maybe one more than the other. Seattle obviously had the defense with the Legion of Boom. With uh, uh, Patriots, you got the offense. But the Patriots' defense has always played pretty well to get them to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, you, look at the, you look at the Saints this year. Their, their defense is a lot better this year. And that's going to help them going deep into the playoffs. And that's why I think they're, they're favored for the NFC Championship here. When it comes to the Chiefs, lately they've been very competitive uh, going into the playoffs, but they've never had a great balance of both the defense and the offense. But I think that way that offense is rolling right now, that's really what's going to carry them on. And I think over the last 10 years, this is the best Chiefs team I've seen and has the best chance to win a playoff game and go into the next step. I would I would agree. And, you know, I used to make fun of the Chiefs a lot for and about Alex Smith and about how he couldn't complete a pass further than 15 yards downfield. And and it was like, and you know, and it was that whole risk taking lack of explosive plays that 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 came from an Alex Smith led offense. Well, that problem has changed or been fixed like it's there's no more explosive team or at least capable of it than the Chiefs with the speedsters and the playmakers that they have. Uh, So let me ask you this, Kevin, I'll start with you. Um. As far as a, if you had to pick a team, as far as a five-year outlook goes, knowing all the talent that the Chiefs have, knowing all the talent that the Raiders are void of currently, but have the ability to then hopefully backfill with a lot of cap space, a lot of draft picks coming, you know, I'm, and I'm talking about organizationally, some top to bottom, so coach, quarterback, you name it, who's got the better five-year outlook as of today? Well, right now, until I see what the draft picks do for the Raiders, I unfortunately have to say the Chiefs because of the talent that they have on offense right now. The big question is their defense. Uh, but, you know, it, if, if you were to ask me that same question next year, I might have a different answer, you know. But, but right now, uh, you know, with Mahomes and uh, th- that offense they've got going on, those weapons, i got to give it to them right now. And, and I think that going into the next few seasons, the, the biggest stumbling ground for the Raiders will be the Chiefs. So, Kyle, let me ask you, and that's a great answer, Kevin, and I want to I ask you, Kyle, we talked a little bit on the end zone about how the Chiefs have a window right now because they don't have to pay Mahomes, but they're going to have to pay him. So I ask you the same question, but with the caveat, who's got the better five-year outlook with the better year four and five, Chiefs or Raiders? Okay, well, Here's the thing. They've got four more seasons of Mahomes on his rookie deal. Okay, they got four so, more of him. Okay, yeah. all right. So four then, more of him so, on his rookie deal. So then you're five fifth, then, I guess. Yeah, because they have the fifth-year option choice. Okay, fair enough. Right. So you've got that. Kansas City is going to have a couple of tough decisions in this offseason as far as Justin Houston goes. Justin Houston's got a huge contract that they paid him a few years ago. Justin Houston can't stay healthy. And when he is, he, it's very obvious he's – decline plus d ford's entering a contract year and that's going to be a tough decision for kansas city because d ford has been very inconsistent in his career so they've got some choices there i think it's easier to fix a defense than it is an offense so i still like kansas city i think in the next five-year window i think they make some serious but when you have you have the biggest piece you have patrick mahomes and you if you have that it doesn't take much to turn it around you know we talk about like the history in the AFC, especially in the AFC, when you talk about the Chiefs over the years in this current run, run. But I also go back to this aspect. Have we really in our lifetimes ever seen anything like this Patriots dynasty where it's just like how many teams it, it, it's, it, I compare it to the NBA when we talk about Michael Jordan and the Bulls blocking so many great players from actually winning 
NBA titles. It's been kind of like that in the AFC with the way the Patriots have been. Um, and I, I you mentioned Alex Smith. I do want to give a shout out to Alex Smith because, and if you ask any Chiefs fan, they're going to say this. They we a lot we give Alex Smith a lot of credit for where Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback because Alex Smith taught Patrick Mahomes how to be a professional quarterback, and that is a huge deal. So with that, you know, the Chiefs fans are always going to be eternally grateful to Alex. I I think the five-year outlook for both teams is a lot more positive than it is for the Chargers or the Broncos because the Phillip Rivers era is coming to a close. The Broncos are a mess. The biggest thing for the Raiders, and again, this is going back from my Tampa Bay experience with John Gruden, is can Gruden evaluate the talent? And it's not to be a knock on Gruden, but you go back and look at Gruden's draft pick history in Tampa, it's ugly. It is sure. very ugly. Sure, and and so, I and I and I absolutely. I think that's the fair knock on Gruden is his uh, ability to evaluate talent. Whether he and just like there's a there's a knock against everyone. The one on Andy Reid is whether he can win in the postseason yeah. or not. Because the furthest he's ever taken a team was the Eagles uh, and the year that they uh, they got beat when, by the by the by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So what do you what do you think there is there is that a is that just an easy target for us as Raider fans to be like ah oh, your coach sucks in the postseason or is there a, a, a reality to his shortcomings based on coaching style or whatever? What do you think? I, I think with Andy Reid, it's actually it's it's a very interesting case because I do think Andy Reid is a good football mind. You you look at what his you look at the what he's outputted in both Philadelphia and Kansas City. He's never put out a bad football team. The one year the years he did, he either had injuries or was Donovan McNabb's rookie year. And. I, the question I have with Andy Reid is I think sometimes Andy Reid gets in his own way. I, I even look at like last year, they, they, we beat the Texans to get our first playoff win in a good while against the Steelers. Andy Reid got pass happy. He had Kareem hunt running everywhere. And all of a sudden it was Alex Smith throw the ball, throw the throw the ball. I think Andy Reid gets in his own way at times. And I think that is, that is a problem this year for Kansas city. One of the things Andy Reid's done is he actually has stepped back. If you look, when the defense is out there playing, it's Bob Sutton running the show. Andy Reid is talking to Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. So I think if Kansas City's defense lets them down, you could see a change there. Bob Sutton could be out, and they'll bring somebody in, possibly like a Todd Bowles if he's fired from the Jets. I'd love to see him come in and kind of take over that defense. There's going to be some overhaul there. There has to be some overhaul there. You know, a lot. I had somebody bring up, to the fact that we traded Marcus Peters to the Rams in the offseason. That – Yes, we lose talent there, but that guy cost us several games with stupid, stupid oh, penalty, yeah, yeah. penalties. I mean, the Raiders game we talk about. Yeah, <laughs> that was a huge one, yeah. Three or four of them then. So I, I think I think Kansas City and the Raiders have a very similar window, um, and it's it's questions of unknowns on both teams. I mean, the, the, to, be, to be fair, what's going to happen with Gruden and his evaluation of talent? How much more talent is he going to purge? out from the Raiders at this point because he's done a pretty good purge and how is some of this young talent going to step up and how is he going to add? He's got three number one picks. Can can What can he add from there? He, one of those has got to hit right, I, right. very clearly. But with Kansas City, it's more of can Andy Reid get out of his own way? And I, the one thing I've seen with Patrick Mahomes this year is that I think Patrick Mahomes can prevent Andy Reid from getting in his own way because I think Patrick Mahomes at points in this season has like basically taken the game over himself and Andy, and he's not going to say anything because he has complete trust in Patrick. Mahomes. Good deal. All right. Great stuff, Kyle. All right. So uh, you guys up for a a little debate? Yeah. I'm always up for a debate. All right. All right. Here we go. Two on one. I'm good with that. Well, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play moderator. I'm going to play fair. Okay. Although, (laughs) although I have a very slanted opinion on this, I'm Mm still, I'm I will moderate this, this debate fairly. Okay. So I will start out. I want to start with Kevin. Okay. Kevin, who, which team has the best fans and why? You know, it's interesting. You say that because, I was thinking back to uh, um, how I was saying that I respect the Chiefs, even though I don't like them. The reason why is because they have a great fan base. And that's, that's, that's one of my kind of criteria is when I do judge teams is how is their fan base. And I look at uh, Buffalo Bills, you know, I look at Cleveland fans, you know, uh, and there's just certain fan bases I can't stand. Cowboys, gosh, can't stand them. 
Um, because they're so fair weather, you know, when oh. the Cowboys start losing, you see what's going on. So, but I, I respect the Chiefs fans. I've met a lot of great Chiefs fans. And also, too, I have a lot of Raider fans that love to go to Arrowhead Stadium to watch games there because of just because of the fans there, but also it's a classic football stadium. It's a great place to see a game. But uh, uh, I'm sorry, Raider fans win Pat over any other fan base ever anywhere. Kyle, uh, rebuttal? Oh, I uh, yes, I will have a rebuttal. First of all, Raiders fans don't win Pat, per se. Now, now fans. just you hold on wait, a second, wait, wait, man. Wait, 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 wait. I said <laughs> I was going to be <laughs> fair, <laughs> but then you start off with right that. Here. All right, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> the cheating Raider fans, as I, I would say, Here's a here's a, oh I'm sorry I'm like, sorry we have audio difficulties now I'm so we're losing you Kyle I'm <laughs> sorry I, you, you broke up we missed you there let's 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 try it oh, again Vegas baby Vegas <laughs> it's all about Vegas no okay go ahead for all fairness go ahead tell no. tell us what Chiefs fans are incredibly loyal to their team whether they are been bad or good they have been incredibly loyal it is in my opinion one of the top two toughest environments to play in the NFL. Uh, the other being Seattle, in my honest opinion. We hold the record for the loudest stadium noise. Um, Chiefs fans, thick and thin. It's it's that Midwestern togetherness. They've, they've got that. And here's how I view Raider fan, because I do think Raider fans are a top three fan base in the NFL. But here's here's the problem with Raider fans. You have two types of Raider fan. You have core Raider fan, you, like you guys, the diehard Oakland, Oakland Raiders fans. You have all these fringe guys because you used to be the L.A. Raiders. And now you're going to have all these fringe people because now you're the Las Vegas Raiders. You have one of the best core Raiders. Core what kind of crap are you fans. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you Kevin. I don't want to yell at your friend, but dude, have at him. <laughs> Our L.A. Raider fans, man, we are diehard. And I'm speaking up for them because that's I was an <laughs> yeah, L.A. Man. Raider fan. We still have L.A. Raider fans. You have, you have a bunch of L.A. fans listening to Raider Fan Radio. Uh, because we love the Raiders, so even though they're moving, you know, now they're like nomads. Come on, man. And besides that, <laughs> that's the thing. See, we, Kyle, you look wait, at it as 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 you know, a splintered fan base. It's Raider Nation for a reason. It's because we're global, dude. Nation, we're in wait, your wait, backyard. Wait, 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 we're no. Hold on a minute. We're in your backyard. We're in your house, literally, dude. You live with the Raider fan. We are everywhere. Okay. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, wait a minute. So, so now look. I was with you, and I promise I'm playing nice because you know I love you. But you can't go and all off and call us like, oh, we're broken up into the. No, that's on. one one of the things wait, that makes it beautiful, wait, wait man. How many of those Los Angeles fans have become Rams fans because the Rams are going to lead to the Super Bowl? You can't. LA None fans that I fickle. know. None that None. I know. None. Fickle. But here's here's the other thing. All right, go ahead. I, I, will, I, I will say to this is Kansas, Kansas City fans fill up Charger games just as much as Raider fans All do. Right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, and yeah. I was gonna and I was gonna ask you that because I know you're at a market. You live in Florida now, and mm -hmm. and I'm at a market. Kevin's at a market. We're all at a market of the teams that we that we root for, despite us having connections back to those teams and the markets that they originated in. Um, but what's it like? So for a you know when you're abroad, like I know what, and we've talked to Kevin at length about this about the awesome stories he has about being a Raider fan overseas, and you know what I mean, and all the the the, the awesome people he's met and the encounters that he's had. What what about as a Chiefs fan in Florida? Do you ever bump into other Chiefs? Oh like yeah, I've I've run into several several Chiefs fans. There's some great Chiefs fans all over the country. I, I are know, they I'm, are they new Chiefs fan? Like are they only like a year old? <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I will I I will say this, and and I and I do think this is actually one of the things that helps Raider Raider fan and gets them because the NFL has always made the Raiders one of their premier teams because of the silver and black and the, especially the John Madden football and all that. A lot of people identify with the Raiders and because of NFL films and obviously, you know, NFL films, especially in the seventies really featured a lot of Raiders and that got out worldwide. And I think the Raiders fans do pull a lot of fans from that worldwide. Thanks to the NFL exposure of, of the Raiders, especially of those from those old NFL films times. And unfortunately when NFL films was most prominent, it really wasn't when the chiefs were prominent. And so that that was to their advantage. But you, you know what? what? What's funny is, is I, I say this as a Chiefs fan, 
the play that I think got a lot of people's attention is maybe not even a play that necessarily went the Chiefs way, but it's one of the greatest NFL film moments in history is when Steve Atwater and Christian Okoye oh, had Monday Night Football. That was beautiful. So, hey, as a, as a, a, a you know a fan that can't stand either one of those teams, that was a beautiful moment in the league, man. That was <laughs> that was awesome. That was two. I mean, you know, Titans going at it there, not by team name, obviously, but by I mean, just studs on both sides of the ball, and the way that Atwater, man, what did what was he giving up fifty pounds probably to oh, yeah. to Christian Okoye? I mean, yeah, that was that was that was pretty impressive. So, all right, so real quick here, let's, uh, we're starting a little bit short on time. I do want to hit a couple more. Uh, if you guys are up for it. So you told us about what it's like as a fan abroad, but Kyle, who are your, uh, your most favorite players? We like to call it the Mount Rushmore question. Now in our terms of our fandom, we, you, cause there's four people on Mount Rushmore. We spot you Al Davis. Well, I don't know if spotting you Lamar hunt is the, uh, you know, I don't know if he's revered. Uh, like I'll, he's not really spot me. He okay. can spot me. Hey, you can spot me Hank Stram. Okay, fantastic. Speaking of old NFL films, that was, again, I mentioned my early exposure. Waiting down the field. That was great, <laughs> and that's a, still a great one. And uh, so, uh, okay, so we spot you Hank Stram. Who's the next three on your Chiefs Mount Rushmore? Chiefs Mount Rushmore next three, the great Derek Thomas. Absolutely. Taken from, this, from his career and this world way too soon. Um, I think for, at the time – just as good of a linebacker as Lawrence Taylor impacted games in ways I've never seen anybody impact a game. Um, you know, so he is up there. I think if you're a Kansas city fan, it's, it's Len Dawson, Len Dawson, Super Bowl winning quarterback, probably truthfully the most historic chiefs player as far as NFL annals go in a, in a long time. And for me, number three, if you give if you're spotting me, Hank Stram, the greatest tight end in NFL history, Tony Gonzalez. Oh, interesting. Even though he was a, a Falcon. You know what? In today's day and age of the NFL, where free agency is so prominent, how, I mean, come on. When we, when we can talk about Joe Montana finishing his career in the Chiefs jersey, um, Eric Dickerson finishing his career in a Rams jersey, Emmett Smith finishing his career in a Cardinals jersey. Sure. I think Charles I think, Woodson I, being a, a friggin' Packer for the middle prime of his career. Sure. His career. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that's something you kind of have to throw out a little bit when when you talk about mo- more modern players. Is you've got to consider if they've spent more than ten years with the, they spent over seventy five percent of their career with the NFL team. I think that's that's saying something in the today's modern NFL. I think those are great choices, man. You know, being a non-fan, but just being somebody from a distance and, and having them as a rival, certainly most impactful. As, and as a kid, you know, when we form a lot of our fandoms, that Super Bowl NFL Films uh, video of, of, of the Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, beating the Vikings is that Super Bowl four, right? Yeah, That's, Super Bowl uh, okay. four. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl four. So uh, you, you mentioned Hank Stram, obviously, and then Lenny Dawson, maybe one no, of the I, most uh, iconic photos in NFL history is Lenny Dawson yeah. at halftime smoking, smoking a, a heater and drinking a Pepsi or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a great bit. And so if you haven't seen that NFL films, we're coming up on the season of NFL films where they replay every single Super Bowl on NFL network repeatedly on a loop. They go through every single one of them. Watch those, man. Cause those are, those are the best NFL films. And that one of those chiefs is despite my despise for that team. That's a great episode of NFL films. So, so definitely go in and, and check that out. All right, Kevin, one more for you here. So, uh, and Kyle, we're going to let, we're going to let you close the show, but before yeah. we do, Let's go to Kevin. Uh, so, Kev, what do you think we're going to see this weekend? Well, give us your your prediction, not only maybe by score, but what kind of can we expect to see this Sunday unfold there in Arrowhead? Well, I'm hoping they let Doug Martin run all over that defense, and uh, we need to we need to give it to our new tight end and uh, our number 88 wide receiver. Marcel Aitman and Darren Waller getting the athletes yes. in the mix. I'm I'm with you. I like Darren Waller, man. Yeah. He's he's excited when you're, when you're six six and you run a four four. Like that's pretty cool, man. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. So I want to see the Raiders be aggressive, take some more chances, uh, some f- smart football play too. Like uh, uh, like what happened with uh, um, the uh, the run back there from the punt. You know, from the last game. So you know, that was smart football play. We need. 
So good. So good. So, uh, so what, and then what about, give me a little bit of uh, your off season outlook, Kevin, what do you think's the biggest things that, that, uh, that the Raiders need to address here? Because, you know, because we don't have a postseason to play for like the chiefs do. So what do you think? What's, what's a number one on the, on the list of our off season moves, Kev? Uh, finding some type of, uh, general manager i guess because uh we need someone to address these contracts that we got to start working on for the uh i, I mean lo- logistically that's what we need right now we need someone to fill reggie's shoes someone that uh that um you know our coach can work with but also keep our coach in check <laughs> <laughs> so uh before yeah. we start thinking about draft and uh free agency and then after we get that uh I think that the free agency, we really need to start filling some holes there first. That will di- dictate what we go first in the draft. Because obviously, we're not going to get Bosa, which is uh, you know uh, mm. you know the pick that everyone wants. And uh, it, you know, it's funny when I was in Cincinnati, I saw a couple people with uh, jerseys that had the the tape on the back that said Bosa on ah. them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> uh, so that, I mean. My my answer is not a sexy answer, but you know it's it's a realistic one. Yeah, I think. Well, I think you're right, and it's got to start there, man. Because it's it, and I think you touch on a key. Got to start from the top and then go down. Yeah, so, yeah, and you touch on a key point that, and and even Kyle mentioned earlier about Gruden as a talent evaluator. He's going to need help, and whether that's somebody that has direct influence over it, or even just an advisory type role, just somebody to nudge him a little bit. You know what I mean to help him with this stuff. One other thing I would like to see too is I like to know where we're going to play next year. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> now, yeah. guys, guys, real quick, we're talking about Gruden Italian talent evaluators. Yeah, if the name Bruce Allen comes up, be afraid, be very afraid. Yeah, we've heard that a, a few times now. I don't know. I'm I, I personally, I think it could go a Holmgren uh, direction, but uh, Scott McLuhan's another one that's been thrown out there. Uh, there's definitely been a handful. Now you got Lewis Reddick. Uh, uh, campaigning for the job, so speaking nice about the Raiders on ESPN, so that was interesting. But anyway, so actually, Riddick would be a good pick. I like. Well, see, and that's those people that think that, yeah. So, uh, oh, it'll be interesting. But I'm with you, Kevin. I think that's definitely the the the, the immediate direction of the team because that's going to influence the draft and everything else uh, uh, going forward. And that 80 million bucks that we're going to have and how to spend it. Um, all right, Kyle, here's your chance, buddy. To we're gonna we're gonna let the Chiefs fan close out the episode of Raiders fan radio here. Give us your predictions about the weekend and then, uh, and then what you expect to see the chiefs do on the short notice after, uh, after the regular season's over. Well, this is a huge game for Kansas city. They're playing for all the marbles in the AFC, as far as getting home field advantage and having that bye week Um, they're going to be playing everybody. I think Patrick Mahomes has a lot to play for too. They have Kansas City's, and all their losses this season, I think combined, they've lost all the the three games, the, the games they've lost. It's been a total of like 12 points combined. They lost by a point to the Patriots. They lost by a point to the Chargers. Uh, they lost by three to Seattle. It's It's been tight every game that they've lost. I think Kansas City comes fired out in Arrowhead. I think just the talent rises above. I as, as good as the Raiders look Monday night, and they did look like they're advancing – there's just too much weapons on the Kansas City offense for them to be able to handle them on a defensive end. And if and I think Kansas City's pass rushers especially are going to come up fired up. It could be a very long day for Derek Carr. We we kind of beat the hell out of him in the first game. And I think it's gonna gonna be more of the same. I think I think it's competitive because it is Chiefs Raiders. I think maybe the final score you're looking at it maybe a 31-24 game somewhere, somewhere in there. It's not gonna it's not gonna be a blowout. If it's a blowout, even I will be shocked. After that winning we get the home field advantage to be honest with you it could go either way we could get on a hot streak and ride it but what scares me and i'll be honest is we even if we get that bye week we could be looking at playing the san diego chargers again right out of the gate and that's probably right now truthfully the two best teams in the afc um so it, it it is hard to say when the chargers are your fifth seed they would go play the lower seed and it's something that i've always said is that they need to reseed the NFL and go by re- playoffs and go by record. I, I think that you know, especially once you get into the second round, it's just something I've truly believed because uh, you know, the Chiefs, Chiefs Chargers should be an AFC championship game matchup. Not I'm a, with you instead uh, of a divisional. Yeah. Uh-huh. Second round. Yeah. I think, are we capable of winning the Super Bowl? I think we are, 
I think we have to improve the defense. We have to play like we were at, if we can play even like we were at the middle of the middle of the season, where at the time we were the best team against third down conversions in the NFL. We were getting a ton of sacks. The secondary is going to get better. They're getting a bunch of guys back this week. Um, Fuller will be back from his hand injury. Ron Parker is going to be back in the lineup. Eric Berry, every game that goes on that he plays, it's going to get better. So I think the Chiefs are a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. I think the window is just opening up with Patrick Mahomes. Even if we don't make it to the Super Bowl this year, I think this season has been above expectations considering we were starting a first-year starting quarterback and nobody saw this coming. Does Mahomes fall back to earth a little bit next season? A very good possibility. Um, you know, Kevin is crying with his Chucky doll. Um, <laughs> I love it. Kansas City does need to address defense in the offseason, and I think their entire draft, maybe a running back, we don't, you know, we don't know. I'd like to see him throw somebody in the mix. You know, there's always a possibility Kansas City continues to just say, we're just going to overpower you with offense. There's been some Le'Veon Bell rumors. Ooh. Wow. Wow. That would be scary. Yeah. Okay. But I think, I think no matter what, I think as a Chiefs fan, even if we don't win the Super Bowl and there's that disappointment, even if it's a one and done in the playoffs again, I think we have to know our, we have a quarterback and our future is bright going forward. And I think, like you, like Kevin said earlier, I think it's the Chiefs, the Raiders, is the future of the AFC West for the next ten years, and it's it's it, it's wide open. San Diego's window is about to shut. Denver's a mess. I it's Chiefs Raiders for the next ten years. This could be one of the peak points of Chiefs Raiders rivalry. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that we could be on the cusp of uh, of uh, both of these teams being competitive year in, year out for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Both of them are going to have coach and quarterback and uh, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So absolutely. So guys, this has been a great discussion I and mean, this has been fun. Uh, you know, nothing better than to uh, really dig in to one of the best rivalries that there is in sports. And uh, I couldn't have had two better guests to have done that with. So I want to thank Kyle and and Kevin from the Fandom Podcast Network for joining uh, me here on this RFR uh, conversation. So you can find them at fpnet.podbean.com. Look for their show, The End Zone, for all you football fans. And if you're a fan of anything else, just scroll through there and you'll find everything but a wrestling show. We, cur- we currently have 10 shows that you could choose from. So, <laughs> and, and believe it or not, every once in a while we do do a wrestling show. Do you really? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we do have a wrestling. And, and just real quick, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say something to Raiders fans out there because I do have a lot of respect for Raiders fans, um, especially you Oakland Raiders fans. I feel for you with this whole situation. You are some of the best fans in the NFL. Um, what you guys, what what you guys did on Monday night was one of the better moments in league history, um, as far as fan cool. fan moments go. And you know, I. I'm I'm sorry that it's ending this way in Oakland because the Raiders should always be in Oakland. That's the history. And I'm sorry as as Raider fans or Raiders fans, but Las and the Las Vegas Raiders are never going to sound quite right to me. Well, I appreciate I you. You know, Kyle is the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, we always ask our guests for a message to Raider Nation, Kyle, to close it out. But you just gave it right there, brother, and I I appreciate that because you know it's um fandom is a very personal thing for us and you know and it's important to keep it in perspective in terms of how it relates to real life uh but it's a it's a it's a thing that we're deeply connected to man and the the idea that the team is leaving again uh kind of you know rattles us up a little bit so i appreciate you saying i appreciate that sentiment come for a chiefs fan man that that definitely means a lot kevin you uh you got any parting words for raider nation before we let you guys get out of here Oh, let's just let's go in there. Let's be competitive. And man, if we could pull off a a, a win here against the Chiefs, it would really um, take the bad taste out of this bad season. Absolutely. It's not going away. Well, yeah, I was hoping we would not let the Chiefs fan have the final word. Oh, I know. I, I, I'll edit. I'll edit him out, Kevin. Don't tell him, but I'll edit him out. Okay, and I'm going to talk about him like he's not here too. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for uh, for joining us here on Raiders Fan Radio. I uh, hope it was fun for you, despite Kevin oh, and I taking shots at you. Kevin, thank you for being a backup as always. Uh, you guys have become you great you, friends and uh, to our show, and 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 I thank you to all that you have done to uh, to welcome us. Us into your fold and me into your fold and uh and, and glad to return the favor anytime you all are both always welcome uh to, on anything that we do on the on the murph fan cave network so thank you again for joining me here tonight for this rfr conversation absolutely it's been a blast all right guys have a good night we'll see you go raiders go raiders, raiders! 
you, you brought up Patrick Mahomes. So Kevin, let me ask you this. Who's your favorite Muppet? Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.